At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe Bags. What is up, Rams fans? Welcome back to another edition of Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Audible, and with over 480,000 titles to choose from, you can get a free download right now as well as a free month of Audible. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash Ram Showcase. I am your host, Joe Branham, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags, laying down the law for you guys today. I actually didn't get that many fan queso submissions, and that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes we just have a lighter week. I think a little uh, a little bit of that has to do with the loss. I, I've noticed a trend that after a loss, uh, my participation level goes, goes way down. So uh, that's okay, though, because we do have a couple for you guys, uh, but I did load up the news segment for you guys, and we got some cool stuff to talk about. Before I head into any of that, though, I did want to just reiterate some of the rules of the Ram Showcase giveaways. If you guys are not familiar with the Ram Showcase giveaways, on the Ram Showcase Facebook page, just go to Facebook, and in that top bar, just search Ram Showcase. should pop up right there, and you can follow there. I do go live before every game. Uh, while I'm on my way to go watch the game. And during that, I do a card giveaway. This last week was an Aaron Donald card won by Kelsey. So I did want to just reiterate some of these rules uh, that I will uh, be putting into my, uh, my, my break so that you guys can hear them every single week. Uh, but just to reiterate, there is one win per person every four Rams games. No substitutions will be made. Ram Showcase has the right to publicize winners' names, voices, and or pictures. No Sports War Radio employees, affiliates, advertisers, or members of competing, competing podcasts are eligible to win. Ram Showcase has the right to change these rules at any time, and all decisions made by Ram Showcase are final. And if the decision's made by Ram Showcase, then I can assure you that that decision has been made by me. Share of Joe Bags. I'm not going to try to screw anybody. I just need to uh, to make some rules, okay? And uh, you guys can all thank Adrian for those rules after, I believe it was last year, he won probably like four in a row or something ridiculous and wasn't getting anybody a chance. So uh, Adrian hasn't even tried this year, though. So I put in these rules, pretty much the Adrian rules, and uh, he's not even participating anymore. He's just uh, not giving me my drum beats, Adrian. Anyway, let's go ahead and hop into the real stuff, the Rams stuff here. Uh, some transactions for you guys. Running back Malcolm Brown and cornerback Dominique Hatfield have been added to IR officially. The Rams have signed linebacker uh, Trayvon Young from the the practice squad to the active roster. Young was a draft pick by the Rams this year. And also, this one's kind of cool. The Rams did sign guard Jameel Demby off of the Lions practice squad. Demby was also part of the 2018 draft class for the Rams. 
So that's pretty cool. Uh, I was personally pretty stoked on Demby because I obviously did my photo edits of all the, the rookies, the, the drafted rookies for the Rams. And I posted them on Instagram and stuff like that and tagged all the players in them. And Jamil Demby actually used my, my edit for his social media profile uh, pictures. So that was pretty cool. I'm, I'm happy to have Demby back. And uh, after last week, uh, I can definitely assure you that having depth on the offensive line is not a bad thing. Of course, we did see some injuries. Uh, John Sullivan went down with that. He was in, he was being looked at for a concussion. And then Roger Saffold also went down. The Rams only had seven dressed offensive linemen for that game and needed all seven of them. Some news and notes for you guys. First, because of my, my, a, a little bit of extra time that I had for you guys, I did want to talk about this Bears game a little bit. And mainly because people are panicking, people are losing their minds, and that's okay. So I did want to talk about this just briefly. Uh, so this is the first time the Rams have not scored a touchdown in a game under Sean McVay. And really my main thing here is sometimes it's just not your day, okay? The Rams had a game similar to this and, and similar to just not being able, not being the team that we know that they can be and just not really seeming to get it done, but last year that game happened in the playoffs. So this is much better timing for this game to happen, uh, a game that we just can't really seem to get the offense going. Uh, the defense just isn't making the stops when they really need to. Uh, of course, this game did feature a decent amount of turnovers. It seemed like no team wanted to have the ball. They just wanted the other team to have the football. So uh, sometimes it's just not your day. Jared Goff did look bad for the second week in a row. I'm kind of interested to see how he rebounds. Uh, and has had multiple interceptions in the last three games. So that's something to look at as well. Jared Goff is, uh, I wouldn't say that he's playing, well, he is, he's playing poorly. Let's just put it that way. But if you look at the still, the course of the season and everything, he's still having a really strong season. It's just right now, I would say he's in a little bit of a funk. And I'm looking for him to get out of that funk. Because mainly, if he doesn't, are go-to option, I guess. Uh, I don't think, I don't see this happening in any way. Uh, but if we were to say bench Jared Goff, uh, the guy that would play is Sean Mannion. And if you guys listen to Ram Showcase every week, you guys kind of understand my feelings on Sean Mannion. I don't want to see Sean Mannion on the field. That's the way I'll put it. I don't want to sit here and just bash him. Uh, but I don't, I would be worried to see <laughs> Sean Mannion on the field. Uh, also, something worth noting here is that the Rams, after every single regular season loss, uh, they have rebounded and won at least two games. And then, of course, this doesn't include uh, last year when the Rams lost in Week 17 after benching their starters and then lost in the postseason. This is only considering uh, regular season. The Rams have won multiple regular season games after every regular season loss. So that is Something interesting to keep an eye on. I think that this is a good situation that the Rams are in, especially against three teams that the Rams are better than. I don't care what you think or, or your opinions on the Rams. The, the Rams are better than the Eagles, the Cardinals, and the 49ers, 100%. Um, but so just a couple more notes here. So uh, 11 rush attempts for Todd Gurley in a cold-weather game in December against a team that has a strong defense that is in a po in, in a postseason position. They, they're absolutely looking at a postseason berth, and... 11 rush attempts for Todd Gurley, who might be the most uh, physically gifted running back in the NFL right now. Uh, that's just not, that's not realistic. You're not going to win games like that. You're not going to win playoff football games when your star running back is only getting 11 carries. This is reminiscent of the Jeff Fisher era. Uh, and fun fact of my date of recording, this is actually two years 
Jeff Fisher free. So happy anniversary, Rams fans, first of all. But that game, it really did look like it was Rob Boris calling the call, uh, calling the plays or Frank Signetti. Some of these offensive coordinators that we had that were just not awesome at all. And it was really hard to watch. And then, of course, uh, one screen that just didn't work. And then we didn't see any of the jet sweeps. So the Rams offense, not only were they not playing to the level that they they can play at, you know, with the the run blocking just wasn't there. Uh, Jared Goff just looked frantic. He just didn't look like he was he was all there. The protection wasn't wasn't great. The offensive line line did not play that well. Uh, but the Rams also didn't try to be themselves, and that's what I'm kind of looking at right now. Uh, Sean McVay, we all kind of talk about him as this guru, this prodigy, because he's so young in quotation marks. I mean, it's, you can't be a prodigy in your 30s. I'm just gonna put that out there, but. We all talk about this guy and how smart he is and everything, but how is he going to rebound from this? That's what I'm really interested in. I'm interested to see how Sean McVay takes that game and moves forward from it. And I think the players were frustrated. I think that the players, like, there was times where Todd Gurley was visibly frustrated out on the field. I remember one overthrow on when he was in the flat and uh, the ball just sailed way over his head. You could tell he was absolutely frustrated. And rightfully so. Todd Gurley is a guy who can score points and can move the football and the Rams gave it to him 11 times on the ground and this is kind of something that I've been just saying to you know my my Rams squad out here in Colorado but uh, one thing that I really want to see Sean McVay do and improve on is when the Rams are playing against a defense that's known to be good against the run uh, he just doesn't run it he just doesn't try The, the the attempts aren't there and that's something that I would like to see changed because, of course, Todd Gurley was able to kind of get something going late, but it was just, it was simply too late. The Rams needed two scores and you can't just run the ball all the way down the field, get the, the clocks moving and everything. So you just can't, can't really do it. Uh, but that's what I'm going to say on the Bears game. Uh, I only wanted to mention that because Rams fans right now are in pretty much panic mode and they think we suck now. According to some Rams fans, we're just the worst team ever and all this stuff. But I'm here to remind you guys, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I'm an optimistic guy. I think that shows in a lot of the things I talk about here, but I mean, the Rams are 11 and two. This is still an amazing season. Probably will be known as one of the best seasons, if not the best season the Rams have ever had. I mean, you look at back at the greatest show on turf days. Of course, those are some amazing seasons, but this team might, might be better. It might not be. I'll, I'll leave that up to your interpretation, but this is a very good team right now has playmakers all over the place, and I just don't think that right now they're playing to the level of their capabilities, and I don't think we've really seen that since really early in the season. I had mentioned that I thought the Saints peaked too early. Uh, that's a very real possibility for the Rams as well, that the, the Rams just were too good at the wrong time. You know what I mean? So you you look at the, when the Giants won the, their Super Bowls, they weren't even great those years, but they got hot at the right times, and that's hopefully something that's not biting the Rams right now. And it's something that I have called out on, on the Saints, which I still believe. Uh, but you know, we're going to see what happens. The Rams are still fighting for, for that first seed and, and their remaining games are Philadelphia, Arizona, and San Francisco. And the Saints have to play the Panthers twice, which I mean, the Panthers aren't amazing, but those are division games. So those are tough. The Rams have still two division games. And then their other, the Saints remaining game besides those two against the Panthers. Is it home against the Steelers? I know they just lost to the Raiders, but it was overall a pretty weird week in the NFL, to be honest with you guys. So uh, I'm not overly concerned just yet. If the Rams offense comes out and plays like they did uh, last week, uh, this week against the Eagles, 
then I will be concerned. But as of right now, no, I'm not really worried. I've I've had this question probably like four or five times this week. Like, what do you think, Joe? What do you think is going on? Like, are you worried? No, I'm not worried. There's still some time to to gain that back. And the Arizona Cardinals, the San Francisco 49ers, those should be wins. We'll kind of see what happens. The Eagles, the Rams are better than the Eagles. We'll see what happens because the Rams are in a bit of a funk right now. Uh, but there's still time to get back. And then hopefully the Rams can get that first round by and uh, have that week off. And, and I think that that would be beneficial as well. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on, though. Okay, so some some news for you guys. Let's see here. Uh, five teams officially named as hosts of the International Series for next season, 2019. Rams obviously are on this list. They will be until that new stadium opens up. Uh, but four games will be played in London and one in Mexico. The Rams are expected to get the Mexico game, but that is not confirmed. Uh, this is pretty interesting news considering what happened uh, this year, but that's also why the Rams are expected to play in Mexico, uh, which could lead to potentially the Rams spending another week in Colorado Springs next year, which would make Sheriff Joe Bags the happiest guy ever because, I mean, I'm just born and raised in Colorado Springs and the Rams just come here and hang out and that's amazing. So uh, I wasn't able to meet any players, but I did get my, I did convince I, I bribed Miles Simmons to come to my work, pretty much. Uh, the Rams have two 1,000-yard receivers for the first time since 2006, and when Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce did that. Uh, so we have Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks now, both over 1,000 yards. This is Robert Woods' first 1,000-yard uh, receiving season, so right on to Robert Woods. And then, of course, just like Miles Simmons always says, uh, a nod, uh, just the, the appreciation for Cooper Cup, who absolutely would have been in that race as well, and the Rams could have had those 3,000-yard receivers, uh, but with Cooper Cup tearing his ACL, obviously, out of the running for that one. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the Rams reached a $24 million settlement with the city of St. Louis for PSL holders. Uh, this news did come out last week, but the uh, the reason I didn't discuss it last week was because the number was not available while I recorded the show. I saw the number after the show, uh, but it is $24 million, so... For you St. Louis fans out there uh, who did purchase these PSLs, uh, the personal seat license, then uh, chances are you're getting basically a refund. That's basically what this is, something that's usually not refundable, but with the way that the Rams left the city of St. Louis, uh, this is something that, that got settled. Okay, uh, next up here, 2019 salary cap is expected to jump uh, up to 191.1 million. That is a projection that is not completely confirmed now, but it is a, a projection that is right now at 187. The Rams are currently projected to have the 17th most cap space this offseason. And when the Rams season is officially over, whenever that happens to be, whether that's in February or sometime in January, I will be discussing who I believe the Rams will re-sign and who will walk in free agency. This will include who I believe will stay and be re-signed and also just um, like I'm trying. OK, that didn't make any sense. So I'm going to I'll be doing what I think will happen and then what I basically want to happen. I'll do that for you guys uh, because uh, I will be asked this question a few times of who I think will, will remain. And yes, guys, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I don't think Mark Barron comes back, even though he's Joe's favorite Ram. I don't believe we bring Mark Barron back uh, for next year. Um, Akib Tlaib had mentioned on NFL Network that he is still not 100%, but expects to be by the time postseason begins. 
So Akeem Talib is no longer limited. The Rams did not limit him in the Chicago Bears game, uh, but he has come out and said he's not 100%. He is pretty high, obviously, up there. His initial recovery time was expected at six weeks, but then the Rams put him on IR, which obviously made it a eight week, uh, eight weeks that he had to be out. So uh, Akeem Talib, you know, he's he's the Rams' top corner right now, especially Marcus Peters has had some struggles. So hopefully by the time the playoffs start and if the Rams do indeed get that first round by, then Akeem Talib can come back and be real strong. And I think we can all agree that first round by is pretty important, especially for this team, uh, especially the way that they're playing right now in the last quarter of the season with the, that we are in now. Well, let's see here. Clinching scenarios for you guys. Uh, this one's pretty basic. Okay, so the Rams can clinch a first round bye this week with a win and a Bears loss. Uh, so they, they need both those things to happen. Of course, there are tying situations that can happen. If the Rams tie uh, and the Bears lose, I think it still happens. And if they both tie, I believe it still happens. I want to say that that's true. Uh, but mainly, the, the real one that you got to worry about is if the Rams win and the Bears do lose then the Rams do clinch a first-round bye. The number one seed cannot be settled this week, no matter what happens, and the earliest it can be settled would be next week, only if the Rams lose to the Eagles this week. All right, so uh, speaking of Rams and the Eagles, we're going to go ahead and talk about this Eagles at Rams game that's happening on Sunday night football. This game will be on NBC. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, obviously, on the call. There is no distribution map for this. And uh, I did get, have some questions last week about where the distribution map was. When the Rams are in primetime, there is no distribution map because it is everywhere. Just get to NBC and you'll be able to watch this game. The game does kick off at 520 LA time. Kickoff looks to be in the low 60s and the end of the game looks to be in the high 50s. So shouldn't be too terrible. And we're not really expecting a lot of wind or precipitation in this game. Uh, the Rams are favored by 11 points right now. The over-under is 53.5 for all you betters out there. Uh, we're going to take a look at the matchup. This is the Eagles offense versus the Rams defense. Total yards. Uh, the <laughs> excuse me. The Eagles rank 19th and the Rams defense ranks 19th as well. Passing the football, uh, the Eagles are 12th in the league and the Rams defense is 14th. Uh, running the football, the Eagles rank 28th, and the Rams' defense ranks 23rd points per game. The Eagles are putting up 21.6, that is 21st in the league, and the Rams are giving up 24.1, that ranks 18th. Now we have the Rams' offense versus the Eagles' defense. So the Rams' offense is 3rd in the league in total yards, and the Eagles' defense is 20, 25th in total yards uh, given up. And passing the football, the Rams rank 5th, the, the Eagles' defense ranks 30th against the pass. Running the football, Rams 5th, and the Eagles defense is 10th. Points per game, the Rams are still in 3rd as far as points per game, and that is 32.7 per game, and the Eagles defense is giving up 22.7. That ranks 13th. So uh, some of my analysis on this would be that this is a good chance for the Rams defense because they really have been playing better in the last few weeks. Uh, this is a, a chance for the Rams defense to really show up and and kind of prove that they can be a part of this team that helps this team win. As far as, far as the Rams' offense, uh, the Eagles' defense is really not that strong right now, giving up a lot of passing yards. So this is a good situation for the Rams to really get into a rhythm going into the playoffs. This is a good game to start that rhythm for Jared Goff, for Todd Gurley, and for these receivers, for this offensive line, 
uh, because the the Eagles defense is not amazing. And then, of course, you got the, the Cardinals and the 49ers. All three teams are not killer on defense. So this should be a good situation for the Rams offense to really kind of get their wheels rolling again after that Bears game and, you know, get some momentum while they head into the playoffs. Uh, some notes for you guys. This is going to be pretty Eagles heavy because I wanted to, I wanted to kind of set the stage a little bit of what the, what the opponent is doing. Uh, so Carson Wentz will not play this week and could miss the rest of the season. That means that against the Rams, we're going to see Nick Foles. Obviously, last year, uh, the Rams were the team that, that knocked Carson Wentz out for the rest of the season with that ACL. So we did see Nick Foles a little bit last year. Nick Foles in the regular season did not play very strong in the postseason. That's where he really shined. And then, of course, the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl, which how crazy would that be if they did that again? I'm not expecting that because this is a very different team from last year uh, regarding the Eagles. But how crazy would that be if Nick Foles does this again? Then what do you do with Carson Wentz? That'd just be... That'd be a weird situation. Uh, let's see here. Eagles that did not practice on Wednesday. Just a couple for you guys. This is just kind of interesting um, notes for you guys. I, I do not have the Rams uh, injury report yet because uh, at the time of recording this, it just is not available. So uh, let's see here. Defensive end Michael Bennett, linebacker Jordan Hicks, uh, defensive tackle Tim Jernigan, right tackle Lane Johnson. Uh, Lane Johnson actually was not injury related. Uh, that was a personal reason. Uh, cornerback Sidney Jones, let's see here, quarterback Carson Wentz, obviously. Uh, so just some guys that did not participate in Wednesday's practice. And then, of course, we'll be keeping an eye on that as the week goes on of who could miss this game and could, and who who's going to play in this game. Uh, let's see here. Oh, this is just an interesting note that I found while scouring the, the interwebs was that a uh, former Rams coach, I don't know if you guys remember, Mike Groh, He's actually, he's, he's part of the Eagles now. He's a coach. He's, he's coaching with the Eagles. He's actually being blamed for the Eagles offensive struggles this year. So I just found that kind of an interesting note that this is a former Rams coach and actually did a decent job with the Rams. Uh, he did a good job with us and now he's being blamed for the Eagles offensive struggles. Uh, and their offense, I mean, isn't necessarily terrible, but it's definitely nothing what like it was last year. Well, let's see here. Also, uh, the Eagles are expected to go with more 12 personnel. And if you guys don't know what 12 personnel it is, it is that is one running back, two tight ends, and then, of course, two wide receivers. So uh, the they're expected to go with this personnel, and that's for a couple of reasons. That is because uh, they have two tight ends that have been producing, and it is actually because of the lack of production from wide receiver Golden Tate who has who does in fairness have a history of kind of being a ram killer even when going back to his days in Seattle he always seemed to have an amazing game against the Rams Detroit he had amazing games against the Rams so this i mean this could potentially i mean who knows what happens but uh the Eagles do have Golden Tate now he just hasn't looked amazing so uh, i did some no i did some looking up of his numbers since becoming an eagle uh, in week 14, last week, he just had one catch for seven yards. The week before that had seven catches for 85. The week before that had four catches for 30. Uh, let's see, week 11 had five catches for 48 yards. And then week 10 had two catches for 19 yards. So really just not being the productive guy that the Eagles expected him to be, uh, getting him in that trade with the Lions. Let's take a look at the history of this matchup. The Eagles do lead the all-time series 21-19-1. And the Eagles are 2-1 and one in the postseason against the Rams. 
Now, the Eagles have won the last five against the Rams. The most recent game played between these two was December 10th last year. That was a 43-35 to win for the Eagles. The first game played between these two was September 21st, 1937. That was a 21-3 to win for the Cleveland Rams over the over the Eagles. The Rams did win the first four games against the Eagles in their history, but then the Eagles followed that with eight wins and a tie. So the Rams fell behind in the all-time series there. The Rams' last win was December 27th of 2004. That was Monday Night Football, 20-7 to win for the then St. Louis Rams. And the last postseason matchup between these two, Came on January 27th, 2002. That was the NFC Championship game where the Rams went on uh, to play against the New England Patriots, a game that a lot of us have not forgotten. I'll tell you that much. That was a 29-24 to win for the St. Louis Rams. And if you guys want to check out this game, this is just kind of an interesting note. Uh, this game is in full on YouTube, so you can go check it out there. Let's see here. Three to C from each team. Uh, so I've kind of been playing with this with this segment a little bit. Uh, last week I did it matchup, three to see, three to see matchups. This one I'm just picking three players from each team that I'm really interested to see. So obviously we'll start with the Eagles. Obviously quarterback Nick Foles. What Foles do we see on Sunday? Do we see regular season Foles or do we see playoff Nick Foles? And I do think this is important. I think that, you know, how Nick Foles comes in and plays is going to be very telling, not just for this game, but obviously for the rest of the Eagles season. Uh, they are fighting for for a playoff seed or a playoff spot right now, but uh, it's not looking it's not looking amazing. Well, let's just put it that way. It's not looking great for them. Uh, but Nick Foles can be the spark. He can be that. He has the potential to be that guy. Uh, and we know Nick Foles decently well from his time as a Ram. Uh, tight end Zach Ertz. Ertz has 98 receptions so far this year. Uh, for 1,016 yards. So Zach Ertz, I mean, the Rams have had a, a difficult time against tight ends this year uh, and last year, and I think that this is going to be a, a matchup to watch. What does Zach Ertz do to our defense, and who's on Zach Ertz? That's what I'm really interested to see, is when the Rams are in man-to-man coverage, who has Ertz? Because that's going to be very telling. Is it going to be a safety? Is it going to be somebody uh, like Littleton or Barron? So I think that is going to be telling. If I was the 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 guy making the calls here, it would be John Johnson. That's just me. But also, the Rams defense clearly plays much better in a zone. Uh, so obviously, the man-to-man wouldn't matter there. So uh, defensive end, also, Michael Bennett. Uh, we've seen Bennett so many times. And he is going to be on Whitworth most of the time. And uh, Whitworth has seen some struggles in recent weeks, so I'm interested to see that matchup as well. On the Rams side, quarterback Jared Goff. Can Jared Goff get back on track? But more importantly, can Sean McVay put Jared Goff in a situation to get back on track? I I don't know the numbers, but I would love to see the numbers on the comparisons of how much longer Jared Goff holds the football than other quarterbacks. Because this is actually becoming a problem. Jared Goff does have fumbling issues. And he doesn't seem to have the pocket awareness. This is this has been my knock on on Goff since since he has arrived. I I wanted Jared Goff over Carson Wentz, uh, but you guys know that if you guys listen to the if, have listened to the show for all this time. Uh, but uh, Jared Goff he holds the ball a really long time, and what what I'm looking for here is to see if we see any play designs that are to get the ball out of Jared's hand and into the wide receiver's hand. Jared Goff is. 
He's he's a solid quarterback, a very accurate quarterback, but he does get flustered. And so what I want to see is him gain some confidence by getting the ball into Gurley's hands, getting the ball to Woods, getting it to Cooks, getting it to Higby, getting it to Everett, guys that can make plays after they catch the football. We don't have to go for the deep ball every time. We don't have to hit that, you know, that crossing pattern, uh, that intermediate crossing pattern with Woods all the time. Maybe we could just, you know, do some shorter plays. And so I'm interested to see how that works out this week for for Jared Goff and, and if he's able to gain some of his confidence back this week. Uh, running back Todd Gurley uh, once was being talked about as one of the favorites for MVP. We were talking about Mahomes and Gurley. Gurley's basically fallen completely out of these talks now. So can he show up and be part of that conversation? Right now, I would put Aaron Donald, I would say that Aaron Donald's chances of MVP are higher than Todd Gurley's, and that's not the way it really should be. Of course, Aaron Donald is an absolute monster, uh, but Todd Gurley is maybe the best running back in the NFL right now. He's just not really getting his chances. If you're going to win football games in December, in January, you have to get your best offensive player, the football, and for the Rams, that is Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley has to have the football in his hands if the Rams offense wants to do well. And then uh, my last one for the Rams is cornerback Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters didn't have an interception for a long gap. He had that one pick six in week one against the Raiders, but he has two interceptions in the last three games. I'm looking for his confidence. Uh, he did look, he did play with more confidence against the Bears. Of course, the Bears offense isn't super high flying, but I think the Rams defense did a really good job against them. So I'm looking this week uh, specifically at Marcus Peters to see if that confidence has returned and to see how he's going to play for the rest of the season. We're getting into crunch time now, ladies and gentlemen, and the confidence level is important in December. And getting the football into your playmaker's hands is also important. So uh, I'm, I'm looking for a lot of things here. I'm looking for Jared Goff to get rid of the football. I'm looking for the, the football to be in Todd Gurley's hands. And I'm looking to see this secondary that is loaded with stars. Nikhil Roby Coleman actually had an amazing game last week. Uh, Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters, John Johnson, and LaMarcus Joyner. Those are studs in the secondary. They should not be getting picked apart, uh, which is what we've seen a lot this year. So I'm looking for the confidence level of this defense to return. Wade Phillips almost seems like he's not going into a game with a game plan and he's just adjusting at halftime. That's almost what it feels like. Obviously, that's not really the case. I'm not talking literal here, uh, but it has that feeling that, that Wade Phillips is entering games not fully prepared for what the offense is going to do to us. And then at halftime, he makes proper adjustments and is able to kind of manage the game a little bit better. Uh, that is going to do it for the first half of the show, though. Uh, on the other side, we've got a couple of fan quesos. So it looks like we're going to be running pretty short tonight, guys. Uh, but those happen after the break. So don't go anywhere. For the latest news, player updates, and information, go to Elite NFC West. The team at Elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table. With Smitty's live Q&As, you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot, as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West. From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk, Elite NFC West has you covered. Like us on Facebook today and represent. Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. 
don't miss the chance to become the go-to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to ratpacksports.com for more information. Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. And now back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs. Welcome back to Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. If you have not already, make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase social media pages. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. Try to keep it pretty simple for you guys. You can also follow me at Sheriff Joe Bags. Same thing, Sheriff Joe Bags. You know, you know what it is. So uh, we actually, I, I actually overestimated my question. I have two. I have two questions. And they both come from MJ. So, MJ, first of all, thank you for participating. Second of all, uh, I know that earlier this year, I had mentioned that my pick to win it all was the Georgia Bulldogs. And that's not going to happen now. But I still feel pretty good that they're a really, really good team. <laughs> and and uh, that's what I got for you. So, sorry, man. That game was rough. That that uh, SEC championship game. Why did you guys, Why why would they, I'm not going to get into it. But come on, man. That whole second half was was ridiculous. Do what got you the lead. Do what is letting you win this game. Don't just... Ah, uh, never mind. I don't want to get into the prevent offense and prevent defense and, and all this stuff. It was just a bad day. Bad day. I'm not even a Georgia fan, and I was so frustrated at that game. Um, Let's all hop into these, though. We've got uh first one here. Obviously from MJ. Uh, what do you think was the main weakness during our last game? I agree that it wasn't McVeigh's best game, but I think the O-line looked awful and was the main source of our problems. So, I mean, honestly, it, it's, it's so lame to say, and I understand that, uh, but it absolutely, the cold 100% got to this team. And the Rams historically, um, I mean, being originally from Cleveland, but that was a really long time ago, and then spending so much time, was it 46 years, in in Los Angeles, and then going to St. Louis, playing in a dome, and then back to Los Angeles, this team just has never really been built to handle cold weather games. And then, you know, when you looked at the, at the St. Louis days, the Rams had nine at least guaranteed dome games and then there was that year that they only played two outside games because they played what was it the uh the afc south and their road games were at indy and at houston so the like they just played in dome games all year long i think the only there was two i think this is right actually that there was two 
two outdoor games, and that was actually at Seattle and at San Fran, that those were the only outdoor games for the Rams. I can't remember what year this was, uh, but I absolutely, that was 100% a factor. And you can say that that's a lame excuse all you want to, but it is the truth. The cold did get to this team, and you could see that in the way Jared Goff was playing, the way the offensive line was playing, the way the defense wasn't necessarily trying to tackle. They weren't, they didn't seem overly excited to go get a tackle. Uh, so the cold absolutely got to this, got to this team. Uh, the good news there is the Rams guaranteed have no more cold games. Unless they absolutely crumble in these last, you know, in, in these last three weeks of the season, they're not going to have to go to Chicago again. If they do play on the road, it looks like what should happen uh, is the only road game in the playoffs that the Rams would have would be at New Orleans, and that's obviously in a dome, so it's not going to be cold weather. Of course, that stadium is very noisy and very difficult to play in. We've already seen that this year, uh, but maybe, we may, just maybe, just maybe we enter that game and don't give up 35 points in the first half. Um, I've been apparently called out on this and uh people think that me saying that the rams giving up 35 points in the first half to uh, the saints being a fluke uh is not a fluke and i disagree 35 points is a lot of points and i just don't see it happening again i truly don't i don't see the saints putting up uh, 35 points in a first half again against the rams so uh, that absolutely was a factor you couple that in with trying i i believe it was one screen i've only watched the game one time uh, that was the live time so I believe we had one screen. The ball was overthrown over Gurley's head, so that didn't work. We didn't see any of the jet sweeps that the Rams' offense is really built on. Uh, The Rams ran the football 11 times, and this is all on McVay, by the way. So the Rams ran the football 11 times with Todd Gurley. And when you do that, um, you don't set up the play action. But sure enough, the Rams were running play action all day long. And when you're not running the football, and when you are, it's not happening effectively because your offensive line isn't blocking, why would they bite on it? Why would they bite on the play action? I think it was terrible game planning, terrible play calling by McVay, uh, but that by no means is me saying that I think McVay is a bad coach or a bad play caller. I think he just had a bad day. Sometimes it happens. I think McVay is still a very good coach, very smart coach. And I think that the way this team is right now, everybody's taking responsibility, which I absolutely loved. I mean, you go all the way back to the Saints game with Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters gave up that last touchdown technically because he was in man coverage and he did get beat by Michael Thomas and he ended up scoring the touchdown. What is not being looked at in that is the fact that John Johnson was not where he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be the safety help over the top. So really that, I mean, you can, I'm going to say that play shouldn't have happened the way that it did. Uh, it very well could have happened still where he very well could have still caught the ball if John Johnson wasn't, was in position. That's totally fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, but, uh, the reason I'm, I'm pointing this out is that Marcus Peters took full responsibility. He did not come out and say, I was supposed to have safety help. You know, the communication's a problem and all this stuff. He just said, I got beat. And I loved that. You take that back now to to today and you have, you know, Jared Goff after the game saying, I've got to be better. I have to do better. I need to do better. And hopefully that will trickle down to the rest of the team. And then you have Sean McVay saying, this loss is on me. I did this. I didn't do a good enough job preparing. I didn't do enough jo- a good enough job calling plays and putting our players in positions to win. And this takes me all the way back to Jeff Fisher. When Jeff Fisher, when the Rams would lose a game, which was a lot of the times with Jeff Fisher, 
he would always say, we didn't execute. And that used to drive me up a wall is we didn't execute. No, what happened was the coaches weren't prepared. The players were good. The players were talented. Of course, our best receiver during that time was really Kenny Britt. But, you know, that's hard. (laughs) So that's, I mean, I'll give you that. But uh, Jared Goff was our quarterback. Todd Gurley was our running back. We had a lot of the same defenders. Aaron Donald, you know, all these guys were very similar to what we have now. And you change coaches and a couple of roster spots in one year and the team goes from four wins to 11. Now you go, the Rams already have 11 wins with three games still to play this year. So the coaching in this game was not amazing, but I loved absolutely loved the fact that everybody has been taking responsibility for themselves, even when it's not really necessary, like in Marcus Peters' situation where, you know, he could have easily been like, yo, we were not in the, we we weren't in the right spots. I didn't have my help that I was supposed to have over the top. He didn't do that. He just said, I got beat. I need to play better. And that, that's just like to, like right now where Sean McVay is saying, uh, you know, I need to be better. I need to be, I need to do better of getting, getting the ball in, in the playmaker's hands and, and putting my players in better situations. So yes, it's absolutely coaching. It's a, it's cold. And yeah, you're 100% right. That was absolutely the worst offensive line performance from this group that we've seen all year. And it's not even close. The Rams offense, the Rams total team didn't look amazing in Detroit. They were able to win on the road by 14, but that's because Detroit is not a killer team. So this happened again where the Rams just didn't really put that game together. But now it happened against a team that's solid, that can win football games. And especially they're used to that, that environment. They're used to that temperature. You know, they're used to a lot of those factors that not that the Rams don't necessarily get to see often enough to be comfortable with it. You can say that's a lame excuse all you want to, but it's 100% true. The the temperature did impact this game 100%. You're going to stand there owning a fireworks stand and tell me that the Rams offense with Sean McVay, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, uh, Robert Woods, Gerald Everett, all these playmakers can put up six points. You're going to tell me that. That is absolutely ridiculous. So this team did not play to their capabilities. That happens. That 100% happens, okay? I think it was a rough week for the Rams. 100% it was a rough week from the Rams. You can look at any Rams fans' comments based on Sunday night's game, and you can tell it was a very rough game for the Rams. But I do not at all believe that that game defines the Rams. Does that make any sense? I got a little aggressive there. I'm sorry. I'll I'll try to rein it in. I'll bring it back in and I'll be cool for the rest of the show. I promise. Okay. I promise I'll be cool. Uh, but yes, I, I think that, that the offensive line looked very bad and I would like to see that improve. I, I think that adding depth with Demby, uh, coming back is beneficial. Um, but I think that, that we are in for a different starting five, uh, heading into next year. We'll put it that way. Uh, let's see here. And the last one here from MJ. Uh, what's your take on Demby coming back to the Rams? I liked Demby. Okay. I didn't want the Rams to get rid of Demby. I, I believe that if you, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. You guys are really quick to do that anyway, but, uh, you can correct me here if I'm wrong. Jamil Demby, I believe was waived when Jamon Brown came back from his suspension. 
And so he's been gone for, for quite some time now. And then he went, he did get picked up by, uh, by the Lions, was, was waived there and cleared waivers and went to their practice squad. And that's obviously where the Rams just signed him from. But I like this. I, I think that the, the depth is absolutely necessary for this team right now. The Rams 100% need this, this offensive line depth, um, especially what we saw. Um, it, it was a very worrisome situation when, when Sullivan went down with that injury. And to be completely honest, I was a little bit surprised to see that Brian Allen was the one that came in. The rookie center, Brian Allen, was the one that came in to, uh, to fill in for him. I thought that there was going to be a complete shift on the offensive line and that Blythe would, uh, switch over, uh, to center and that we might see note boom at guard. Uh, that is not what happened. And then, of course, when Roger Saffold, when he suffered his, his minor injury, uh, then, uh, we, we did see note boom at left guard. Uh, but, you know, kind of spoiler alert, cause I've got plenty of time here. I'm, I'm gonna kind of rant a little bit. Uh, I think that, that note boom is gonna be a starter next year. I just don't think it'll be left tackle. I think that Havenstein will move over, uh, to left tackle and then, uh, note boom would take over at right tackle. Uh, so far, that's kind of the, the only thing that I can see really happening. Um, I do think that this could also be the last year that we have Sullivan. I would like to see Blythe take over that spot, but Brian Allen is not a guy who can really move around. He is a center, like absolutely a center. He's not a guy that you can just kind of toss around and, and put into different different uh, situations. He's a center. Um, so it very well could be that we see um, from left to right, we see Havenstein, Saffold, Allen, Blythe, and Noteboom from left to right, if you guys can picture that. So that's kind of what my assumptions are right now. Of course, that is subject to change. So uh, don't hold me to that one now in week 15 of, of a season that the Rams are going to the playoffs in. So uh, don't hold me to that right now. But uh, MJ, I definitely really appreciate the questions. And um, you were the only one to participate in the fan quesos this week. So what I want to have you do, um, just just for confirmation purposes, I need you to send me a message uh, you can either send it to my personal Facebook page or to uh, the Ram Showcase Facebook page. Uh, and I want you to go ahead and send me your address. I've got some stuff for you. So uh, I, that's just a thank you for participating in the Rams, uh, in the fan quesos uh, when when no one else would. So I appreciate you, man, and uh, want to show that to you. So uh, make sure you uh, send me a message with your address. I'll get you, I'll get you something cool. I'm not sure what yet, but I'll find something for you, man. So uh, And uh, Cody, if you're listening to me as well, um, I have finally picked out what I'm going to send you. So, uh, I've got your address already. So I'll be sending that out. Uh, I'll just probably go ahead and do that today. I'll just go, I'll put it in the mail today. Okay. I've got it picked out though. So, um, that is going to do it for me. Uh, let's see here. Make sure you guys follow all the Ram Showcase social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. Also subscribe to the YouTube channel. There will not be a YouTube uh, video this week of a game preview, and that's simply because uh, my scheduling, I do have just too much homework to do. This is the final week of, uh, of this class that I'm in, and it's just kind of taking up a little too much time for me. So I am going to have to uh, pass on that, but I will get the teaser in, uh, the game teaser, the uh, uh, Eagles at Rams little preview one. I will get that. I'll work on that one tomorrow. I'll write my script for it and stuff and have that all ready for you guys to publish tomorrow. 
Um, but you can also follow me at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. Make sure, though, you guys subscribe to that YouTube channel. Uh, it's pretty low right now. Uh, it's brand new. Um, for those of you that don't really know that the Ramp Showcase is on YouTube, it is pretty new. Um, not a whole lot of subscribers or anything like that, but um, make sure you guys do it because uh, I'm going to be putting more content on there, especially in the off season. I'm looking at some, some stuff there. And if you guys are or know a video editor, looks like pretty soon I could be in the market for uh, for a video editor. Kind of free up my, my, my time a little bit here. Looks like Rehab Showcase might have to be a team effort. Sheriff Joe Bags all alone while working and in school is really, really difficult, but I absolutely love it. Uh, so much. I really appreciate everybody who supports the show, listens to me every single week. You guys are the absolute best. You the real MVP. I don't care that uh, Kevin Durant thinks his mom is. It's everybody that listens to him showcase. So from the bottom of my heart, appreciate you guys. And uh, that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags going off the clock here. Uh, this has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.